0: No, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again.
1: <laughs> Dreadful, dumb and dumber. I'd call. Hello and welcome to, for the 100th time, the 40-yard switch. Yes, what a journey it has been. Over two years, countless hours, and now 100 episodes, we have reached the big triple figures. And as we'll explain later, there is no one better that we would want to guest host with us than the man to mine and Wilbur's (laughs) left and right, actually, (laughs) conveniently enough, uh, Max Resic, welcome back, brother, for your ninth appearance. Is on it the ninth? Show. Yeah. Very
2: impressive. Uh, congratulations on the hundredth episode. Very, very inspirational. Yeah. I mean, doing anything a hundred times. I was thinking about this on the way here. It's like going to the gym a hundred times, going for a run a hundred times, reading a hundred books. Like a hundred of anything is fucking impressive.
1: Hundred runs in cricket. We've yeah. made it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but also, like the effort. It's not just the hours. It's the hours, the effort, the organising. Like it's a huge achievement for you guys. Yeah.
1: Just personal note on, for me. I, I I'm in all 100 episodes. <laughs> well, yeah, i have actually not made it to 100. Yeah, if I'm to it to 100, if I'm on nine, how many is Wilbur on? Uh, like 80 something, I think. He's
0: me, It's <laughs> high,
1: high, it's it's high 80s. Um, but anyway, yes, it's uh, quite an achievement. Um, and we are going to touch on all the things that um, you know, have transpired or the most notable things that have transpired over the years. Uh, later on in the episode, but we're going to get some actual footballing news that is uh, current out of the way first. And the most notable one of those being the Champions League final. Uh, It transpired uh, Sunday morning, 5 a.m., Man City versus Inter Milan, Man City winning 1-0. I made the mistake of getting up at 5 a.m. to watch this game. So dumb. Uh, Ruined the rest of my day. It was... Not only was I super tired for the whole day, but it wasn't worth how tired I was feeling because that game... I'm gonna go ahead and say it was the worst Champions League final I can in recent memory mm. did Did you get up for it? fuck no <laughs> um. we were like talking me and Rezik were talking a little bit like uh, maybe on like Thursday or Friday about how he's like oh yeah I'll come around I'll come around I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah you sleep in my ear watch it and then like I just like didn't say anything over Saturday. he didn't say anything to me and then I got up and I was like and then I was just like talking to Jan because um, he was in Paris watching it and I was like bro this game sucks like it's so dead
2: no I said something to I said something I, I wasn't doing anything on Saturday night because it was Sunday morning right yeah yeah and I said something to Mim and I was like oh I might be staying at Jasper's tonight she's like like fucking hell you're staying at Jasper's <laughs> tonight and I was like yeah in Wilbur's bed she's like you're gonna stay in Wilbur's bed to watch a soccer match at 4am and I'm like yeah it's pretty fun <laughs> and then I got up That'd and like you cool. know when you get up and you like if we miss if I miss an Arsenal match like I'm pissed off no matter what time the match is because I get up and usually I get it ruined on social media yep. but I, because it was Man City and no one gives two shits about Man City like it didn't get ruined until I watched the highlights like after eating breakfast yeah yeah. and I'm like that just shows you about Man City's influence on I mean there's
1: also I mean you might have just been good at avoiding it. I mean the Champions League final is pretty easy to get ruined I feel like it's everywhere I feel like I didn't see heaps
0: of it when, yeah, I, when okay. I first woke up either like, like I reckon compared to like you know, when Real Madrid
1: won it last year and when Chelsea won it.
0: Was it Chelsea the year before? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I, I guess that might have also been because it was such a mid-game. Yeah, true. Like, there was just true. no hype around it. Like, the goal was like, eh. It was like, all right. Well, taking nice finish. But, like, the rest of the game, just, like, the most notable moment of the, of the game was Romelu Lukaku missing that header. I was about yeah.
2: to say the same thing. I had more content about... His poor performance than anything else from that game. That yeah. expression's oozing, video. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, did you watch it? Too funny. Yeah, I so, just saw oh, a couple of clips oh. from it last night. <laughs>
0: So. <laughs>
1: his friend's like he's like all the good work Victor Osheman's done for black people is undone in 20 minutes fam. he's like I was gonna go to France on a holiday I can't even do that anymore <laughs> you're gonna treat you gonna treat me like the, 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 the monkey from uh, Aladdin fam <laughs> the gorilla from Tarzan uh, it's
2: all the good work that black people have done has yeah. been ruined by Romilly <laughs> uh, so funny um
0: but yeah, I feel like like the the big notable like moments from the game are just a bit underwhelming. Like it's yeah. like like Rodri's goal, which was which, which is decent to be fair. Yeah, um, and then yeah Lukaku, Lukaku miss, Lukaku getting in the way, and Martinez like kind of big chance that he had kind of
1: like spurned pretty easily. So yeah, yeah, it's just like like the, the thing I put it down to like my main talking point, not outside of like sing, singling out singling out a player. Is that City were bad, but Inter were worse.
2: I disagree. I think Inter played as good as they could have yeah, but played. Yeah, that's what I mean.
1: Inter were already that bad. Yeah, they're yeah. Just like 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 even like their 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 ceiling was so low to begin with.
2: And I was looking at the stats for this, and it City had seven goals. Seven shots, four on target, Inter had thirteen shots, five on target. And the expected goals were 0.9 for Man City and it was 1.8 for Inter considering the amount of created opportunities they had. Really? But you think about this and so this is why this is why it was so mid, right? It's like the biggest season in history for Man City, their most successful season of all time, their biggest game as a club in history and they probably had one of their worst performances in recent memory.
1: But it's just classic mm-hmm. City. like, And it was like Pep Guardiola playing like a back three with John Stones as like a semi-defensive midfield, semi-inverted right back. And it's just like, It was almost, if if Interline had taken some of their chances, like it could have almost been another pep, like disaster class in a final, like overthinking it.
2: And I don't think they expected it to be as difficult as it was. Like, I watched the full game that day afterwards, and it was like some of the worst passing I've seen from Man City between like their centre backs Grealish, Haaland barely had a shot, he barely kicked the ball. And I guess it was a bit of a surprise and kind of comes down to the fact that as we've been shitting on Man City for a while now, like the moment gets these players, and they've bottled it so many times, and they came out and they are damn lucky they were playing into Milan. Yeah, I mean into Milan instead of Real Madrid in the final.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, th- I think like on, on stats as well. Like the disparity between the number of passes was only like a hundred, which is like not what you would
1: expect. Not like, at all. Like
0: into essentially parking the bus. Like
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's like what you said, Wilbur. It was like is like why why would you change anything up from the Real Madrid game? Just play the same team, play the same way. It's not like you're playing some like tactical, you know. Masterclass manager in Inzaghi. It's not like you're playing against some team that has this like massive threat you need to counter for. Like it's just fucking Inter Milan. Yeah,
0: there's there's no need there's no need to tinker with it and and do something that you'd never done before like like he did against Chelsea. Like when he did when he didn't play Rodri. Um, yeah, but but like you said, I think I think they got very lucky they were playing Inter Milan.
2: And look, you don't need any more justification that City played poorly when in back to back post game interviews both I think it was Rodri and Grealish said it was a rubbish performance. Yeah. Like they've just wanted to like, I play rubbish man like yeah. it doesn't matter. And look at the end of the day when you're as good as City are it doesn't matter usually. Yeah. Like that's the crazy part about it And that's
1: this. the thing, it's like everything said and done, they played shit but they won the game and they're now triple winners.
0: And they also like have done the hard yards in the Champions League prior to that as well. So like yeah. they earned their spot in that final against an easy opponent by dominating Real Madrid Hill again. Yeah who have dominated the Champions League. They didn't
2: have an easy run. And I remember when we were on a pod before the semis and we we're doing score predictions, we're like, whoever comes out of Man City and Madrid are going to win it anyway. Yeah, and yeah. then Man City dominated Madrid and we're like, well, that's the final.
0: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like it would have been nice, like not nice... Not for me, but for, for like for City fans, for to see them come out and play the best they can and just like dominate, like mm. and win like four, like three or four nil. And then
1: everyone, and it's kind of why, like you see these videos where like City fans aren't like like losing losing it when the goals goes in and stuff, and it's like it's probably because like to be honest, they probably just expected to win. Like oh, for sure, yeah. like they are after they dismantling Real Madrid, they were like Inter. What's that? Mm. I mean, yes, you can make the same tired jokes about City's fans being like you know soulless or whatever, or like not being hardcore fans or whatever but it's like at the end of the day like to 95 percent of the footballing world that, that weren't into fans this was a foregone conclusion before the first whistle and yes it ended up being a lot closer than it most people thought it would have but like it still ended up being the result almost everyone big pardon expected mm. yeah
2: well this is a good segue to talk about sort of the reason man city can play like that and still win a treble is because they are Or barely disputably anymore, like the best team of all time.
1: Well, yeah, it it does beg the question. It's like, where does this City team rank in the Premier League, Champions League era? I'm pretty sure both the Premier League and the Champions League, uh, the inception of those leagues was in 1992 or thereabouts. So it's like in that, what now, 30-year era, this treble winning City team because I know like, I know the United treble winning team is a better achievement and the and, and then um, but like in, in, it's just in the grand scheme of things this City team stacked up against like, first we'll do stacked up against just Premier League teams in general yeah, yeah. whether that's the United 2008 team the treble winning team uh, Invincibles the Invincibles where does this team stack up and then we'll do like European teams afterwards I think for me like it's it's,
0: it's it's the best in, in Premier League history. I think, like, c- com- compared with the United side, like you mentioned, um, I think just, like, the like the quality of players they got is, like, on, on another level. But um, I reckon United winning the treble that year is is a bigger achievement mm-hmm. because of the challenges they came up against. And also, I just feel like it it, it seemed to have a bit more kind of, like, magic t- to winning the treble. Yeah, because, like the Solskjaer
1: in, winner in the last minute, yeah. Yeah,
0: against Bayern Munich. And, like, the atmosphere in that stadium... To, to finish off the treble in that way in that Champions League final is... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I did just say this. I don't know if it's more like a better achievement, but I think it just... I don't know. It's just a better treble.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All, but, so I think the City the city team is better than that team. But the the, the team that I think... And I do think... like, be like Yes, the Invincible is an achievement that no, that no one else has done. now Now that the treble has been done twice no other Premier League team has gone unbeaten but also that that Invincibles team didn't win the Champions League or didn't even win another cup that year so I do think um, that this City team beats the Invincibles team but then the one team I'm thinking about um, not it's not like Liverpool teams of recent history it's the 2008 United team that won the league and the Champions League double hmm. which had Ronaldo in a Rooney Tevez like all Fernand of this. It's the it's the year Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or for the I think the first time.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's like that's the one team I think that could push this city team. But I don't know. Who was who was in the midfield? What uh was Skulls? I think it was still Skulls, yeah. yeah. and Carrick, I'm pretty sure. Nani, Nani would have been on one side, Ronaldo on the other, and then my favourite player of then, all time. And then Rooney and Tevez through the middle. Yeah. yeah. Um Skulls and Carrick. Uh, I think Gary Neville was still playing uh Vidic and Ferdinand I don't know or oh, Ever left back yeah and then Van der Sar Van der it's a pretty yeah. fucking good team
2: yeah I don't yeah. think you can compare these like from I an achievement think- point I- of view you can but yeah. I just when you go like if they played each other now the way of football is so different it's like the LeBron Michael Jordan you just can't compare the teams that way. I just True. don't think there's I do any think merit you, in I it. I think
1: there's no merit in that comparing the City team to the 1999 treble team. But I think 2008's like, that's teetering on the edge of where modern football started really with the Pep. Because like a year, I think that was, the year Pe- or the year, that was the year Pep Guardiola took over and then started to modernize football or maybe the year after. So like, it's on the cusp of being comparable to the modern generation, but perhaps 15 years is slightly, slightly too long. But... I think it's all I think it it's as close to comparable as the "quote unquote" old, like old era can be to the modern era. Yeah.
0: And I mean like again the way that United team won that Champions League final um just like so much more impressive than the way, than the way City... was that it. the
2: Chelsea penalties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was oh, John, John Terry slipped. cried? Yeah. He yeah. slipped, right? Yeah. 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 But they Know, going back to Man City, as I was they, crying that morning. I think we <laughs> all was a <laughs> But they sign Grealish when they already have forward Foden. They sound they sign Alvarez when they've already got Haaland. You know, if someone like they signed
1: Alvarez before they had Haaland.
2: They sign you know they if bloody John Stones is injured, they replace him with Laporte. Like yeah. Wherever you look at this team, they have cover. And it's It's, not just cover, it's elite cover. Yeah, it's got
1: the best depth of any team.
2: And even that elite cover they have is usually better than the starting person in the position for the opposing team, right? And I think you made a good point here, which is like that idea of winning a treble is so magical and it's supposed to feel against all odds. And when Manchester United did it, it really felt like it was something like, we're talking about it 10 years, 15 years later. And it just doesn't feel magical or against the odds for Man City because this is the expectation you should have for a team that's Mm. as dominant and as deep as they are. And I think one of the other big issues and the elephant in the room here really is this idea of financial fair play, right? Mm. Like, I don't know who the hell is stopping Man City from winning a treble next season.
1: Yeah, now they've got the monkey off their back of winning the Champions League final, it's like,
2: yeah. And this also, like, just for a little Arsenal plug... That's what makes Arsenal's campaign last season so much more incredible. Yeah, put some respect. Yeah? Put some respect. Put some respect. Yeah, <laughs> because like we were the youngest team in the a- EPL. So many new players and a manager with, which a lot of people, including myself, were saying to sack at yeah. points of this campaign. I doubted him. As, uh, not this campaign, but uh, two years ago. Yeah, just as a him. manager, not this campaign. Yeah. But like we were literally the only team that competed against City, and the sole reason there was even a title race was like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that is incredible.
0: Yeah, and 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 you got to think without the money, like Arsenal probably would have probably would have won the the the, the, the sorry the Premier League this season. Um... I mean, but yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, th- that that is the big thing. I think just the, the amount of like the reason they have such good depth is because they have so much money and it yeah. just kind of takes away from it a bit. Like the, the other thing is like there was a bit of a narrative to like, you know, City winning the Champions League this year because they've kind of, you know, they thought they'd win it sooner and they've kind of fallen short a few times. Mm. But yeah, just didn't. But like, just, I, I just didn't feel like that. Yeah. long awaited like relief
1: yeah true but I also feel like a lot of this like oh if City didn't have the money or if, if this or if that Arsenal would have done this or Liverpool would have done this it reminds me of a quote that um Rezik actually showed me randomly at a cafe today it's just like I don't deal in maybes I deal in absolutes like if it aren't had balls she'd be your uncle but she doesn't so she's not it's like if City didn't have all this money they wouldn't have won but they do so they did you know what yeah. I mean so it's like it's a lot of if, buts and maybes but the, the, the fact of the matter is whether like 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 I I, I guess if they does come out that they've gone about it the wrong way, hmm. then and they do get charged for FFP, then yeah, all of it's discredited. But if it comes out that they somehow managed to do everything by the book, then it it doesn't really matter that they spend all that money because lots of teams have spent money and they've managed to just build this yeah gargantuan machine that no one can beat
0: yeah and I, and I suppose in recent years like City have kind of like if, if you look at their net spend over recent windows and stuff but I still do think that you know th- the amount of money in their squad does take away from like the, the sort of kind of like fairy tale stories that like, yeah, for you, sure. you would have in football usually like um, Leicester winning the Premier League and yeah, the like, yeah. yeah because even in a cup competition like the Champions League they just essentially dominated the whole way through yeah because because they have that debt, and also the
1: Sheen is probably taken taken off it taken off it in the same way that it would be taken off it if PSG won, and even maybe if Newcastle win years down years down the line, because of like the you know Arab state oil money that kind of like leaves a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth of my Navy. only
2: issue with the reference to like the Arab money, which I totally get because they're injecting a mouth that we've never seen before is. The like the way that the gla- Glazers like have made their money or even the Cronkies through like Walmart to yeah, Dodger. Yeah. Is like people are getting fucked at every level of that supply chain yeah, too. Yeah,
1: I've I thought the true. exact same thing. So for
2: me yeah. it's like if you own a club you are in such a position of wealth that you have screwed over so many elements of society and the environment that whether it's from the Middle East or the US or you know, I'm sure the owners of Le- Leicester in Thailand, I think they are. I think yeah,
1: it's yeah. Thailand.
2: to Thai, Thailand um, energy airline company. Airline company. Yeah, airline like country. none of them are. There's no, there's no clean way to get to that level of wealth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the difference is, there's probably a lot more human rights. But like that, 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 that's why it comes
1: up. back as like For much that well, like you were always, like, I feel like I have trashed on Real Madrid uh, throughout this pod uh, throughout the history of this podcast, just because I don't like the way a lot of their fans act and how they treat some of their players. But the fact that they're fan-owned is commendable. Like, they're the richest club in the world and they're all fan-owned so they're basically... They can spend loads of money because they generate loads of money. Yeah. Like, that's... And, like, the same way Bayern is majority fan-owned as well. 51% of the shares of Bayern are owned by the fans. It's like, that's... And that is possible for... In other leagues, but because of, the, because of the injection of stupid amounts of money into the Premier League, it's now only possible for certain clubs to be owned by these billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah... Jeez. Bit of a sad turn there, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but circling back to where we were, I think this—the only team I think comes close to this city team is the—is the United 08 team. But yeah, I would I would pretty comfortably say that this city team is the best team in the Premier League, Premier League yeah. Champions League era. If you, if you're now talking about like the Champions League era, there's like the Inter 2010 team. Bayern Munich, there was one. There's the Bayern Munich team that won, that won it in... Oh, I don't think the Bayern Munich team that won it in 2020 was, was as good, but then there's the team that... the Bayern Munich team that won it in 2013, and then there's the Real Madrid team that went back to back to back. Uh, Barcelona. Barcelona, best team, quote-unquote best team of all time in 2009-2011.
0: I think that team is is better than the City team. Yeah. I reckon that's The Barcelona pretty, one? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do, do you reckon the Real
1: Madrid... Pep's previous treble. The, the Real Madrid 3 beat team is better? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's it's th- it's third all time in Champions League history. You're mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Okay.
0: Probably. I mean, I, I haven't thought about it that deeply. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I'd say I I without I, just, think, I just think it's 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 the Barcelona like Pep's Barcelona team. Yeah. Like that is yeah. the oh. <sighs> No, I think Pep. But, Bas- but the real Madrid, like to do that, like the 3 Pete.
1: Yeah. I do think the Pep the Pep Barcelona <laughs> team. I think the Real Madrid three-peat team is really good, and like, but I think the that little period between in 2000 what was it 15 to 18, there was a little bit of a lull in like City. City were not as good that in that little period. Liverpool were not as good that, in that little period. Man United you know, definitely weren't as good in that little period. Yeah. Chelsea were good, but like not quite. There was like between the Mourinho Conte sort of era. Um, by Pep was at Bayern, but Pep wasn't. Quite as good at Bayern yeah. Uh, I just think like and Barca, and Barca were also rebuilding post Messi, Neymar, and Suarez leaving, yeah, yeah. Or like that Neymar, trio yeah. being broken up. Whereas the the one year that in between two thousand nine two thousand eleven that um, uh, Barca didn't win it. There was like like inter in the inter team won it that year, but it was also like United were amazing then, um, Arsenal. Oh, probably, probably a couple of years before we were good. Then, like Real Madrid was still good then because um, Ronaldo were joined by then. Like, yeah. I think there were a few more better teams in the mix. In the mix at that time. point of time. Yeah, but I, I think, I think, I think it's those two teams. With I would personally have Barcelona that Barcelona team slightly ahead, but and then it's a like bit of a gap, and then you can talk about the city this year. Um, you know the 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 buy-ins and everything else. Yeah, I suppose
0: you could also argue that. That Real Madrid team at the time was, you know, just because they, they were so good that they, they kind of, you know, increased that gap between the rest of the mix sort yeah. Of thing. But, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You could argue. You could argue. <laughs> Real Madrid never
2: Real Madrid never won a treble, interestingly. No. Yeah, because so was...
1: like, Real Madrid have often sacrificed league form for Champions League wins.
2: Because it's just um, in the modern era. I just had this up. It is Man U in 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Inter in 2009 Man City and then there's Bayern Munich no surely Barcelona in Barcelona Barca 2008 and 9 and 14 15. and then Inter in 2010 right? yeah and then there's Bayern Munich both in 2012-13 and 19-20 yeah but that doesn't count because fucking Bundesliga Bundesliga yeah like that's why the treble with an English team is so much more it's like if
1: valuable. PSG won it won the treble it's like who cares
2: yeah exactly Um.
1: Yeah. alright well yes there you go you you. that's our thoughts on where the City team ranks uh, all time but now moving on to there's quite a bit of transfer action as we head into what's it like the the second week now of june which technically classifies as the start of when deals can be made i think yeah the transfer window opens in june and closes in august i'm pretty sure um so the first piece of news that happened pretty much just after we posted our episode last um week was that messi has gone chosen to go not to saudi arabia and Barcelona can't afford to send him back to there so he's chosen to go to Inter Miami. Uh, A little bit disappointing for me and the general football fan uh, outside of America but when you break down all the... And Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Uh, But when you break down all the reasonings behind it like he's still getting a big payday. He has uh what was it stakes and sh- stakes to buy a club when uh he-
2: yeah he's he's set up for life
1: yeah I, i'm not sure quite I sure think it's, it's
0: the same like a similar deal to what beckham got like at, down the track you can yeah. own one
1: yeah it's like it's like s- shares or stakes to buy it to to own a team in a few years um it's also like uh something to do with um like current into miami like like revenue or something goes to him or something like that yeah. it's
2: probably similar to like a combination of both Beckham and Mbappe at PSG
1: mm. yeah yeah. I doubt he I don't think he's the type of player that would want to like decide who the manager is and stuff with but.
2: Mbappe though it's like a lot of the revenue goes his way rather um, than like influence
1: yeah okay mm. uh, but yeah I, ultimately I was speaking to you about this off off uh, earlier today it's huge for the MLS I, I don't think it's going to raise the co- level of competition uh, and the level of ability in the American League but I do think The eyes on it is going to be more than any other star that's made it to the MLS obviously because he's better than any other star that's going to the MLS
2: there's no better like reputational stamp than a player like Messi when players like Benzema Ronaldo all these great players of his era are going to Saudi Arabia and he picks the MLS like there was no discussion really of the MLS with any of these other players but Messi who is even me as a Ronaldo fan undisputedly the best player of all time has picked MLS and I think this is huge for the league on an international scale, huge for the league on a domestic scale, But and I know we disagree on this, Jasper, but the idea of what this does for USA soccer cannot be underappreciated. Like, MLS is already on such a incredible trajectory. Last season, they averaged 20,000 fans a season, EPL averages around forty thousand fans. But there are teams in the MLS like Atlanta that averages eighty thousand fans a game. Every league game that is fucking incredible. That's just incredible.
1: because they play in Mercedes Benz Stadium, though. If Luton Town could play in a bigger stadium, in, do you think that's the only difference, though?
2: Yeah. You think Arsenal would be able to fill out the stadium? Yeah. Of eighty thousand every yeah.
1: game, dude. There's so many people on the wait list for Arsenal season ticket season tickets, hundred percent. And also, you got to think about it, like, and they, like this is no, no fault of America, like they can't help it but like 350 million people in America versus 50 million or 60 million people in England.
2: Well, I mean if they have provided if they have created an environment which they are able to fill out 70,000 yeah, fans. of the quality. There, yeah. To me that is incredible and I think yeah. the what I'm more interested about here is where the MLS is because Messi's already at the end of his career. Like even maybe 2 years playing there, he might go somewhere else or retire. But like what does this do for the MLS in like 10 years? Because there's a crazy stat of like when the MLS started for a team to buy in and join the league, it was like 70,000. I don't know what the name of the team is. It's not Portland, but there's a team that joined this season and it was like 400 million just to join the league. Yeah. So I think the MLS will be up there eventually because they've already got enough of a diehard fan base. They've already got people sitting in seats. It's just now getting the names across. Mm. And I think through Messi, they are going to be able to do that. Mm. That we will be looking at MLS scores and understanding teams and have a team in like five, 10 years time. Mm.
1: Will I have a team? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you you you, you don't like US, USA football. Uh, yeah, uh, but I like <laughs> USA sports, so maybe I don't know. There, yeah. there's a, there, maybe there's an intersection. I there just anyway.
0: I just think it's hard. I mean, we we're talking about the the Benzema transfer to Saudi Arabia last week, and like how you can't. I don't know. Like you can't sort of manufacture a league out of nothing. I think this one's. Like, obviously very different, because I think MLS have probably been building, you know, their league and just, like, uh, football in, in the US for a while longer. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but I just think there's, I don't know, so much soccer that you can pay attention to, and, like, I don't know, it's just, it's just hard. I, I mean, I really only focus on the English League, like. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I, I think that's that's the hard bit
1: for making it relevant because I, I,
0: I don't know whether it's ever going to be on the same level as, yeah, the, the European football. Yeah,
1: I think I think yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's hard to for for the MLS. It's going to continue to be hard for the MLS to break into the like European and broader global market, but I do think for the viewership in America, this is huge, or the Americas, this is huge. Like you North bring up a
2: really good point around viewership and like watching it and access to it and. If we wanted to, like I wanted, you know when there was that game, like there was a friendly between, was it PSG and El Nasir, The one that Ronaldo plays for like a couple of months ago. Like I would have watched that game if it was on TV. It ended up being like 5-4 or something crazy. Messi, Ronaldo playing each other. Who cares if it's a friendly? Mm. The difference is with the MLS is because they're in the US, which has such a foundation of sport. Networks, platforms. Yeah, it's
1: on ESPN. These games will be on ESPN
2: and they'll be so much more accessible than even like La Liga for us, I think, in five Mm. years' time. Yeah.
1: Or no, because La Liga's on Optus Sport, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah,
2: Yeah, more people probably have ESPN though. In Australia? Well, you can watch it on KO. Oh,
1: true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So
2: people who are watching, you know, getting KO for the AFL are going to be like, oh, Messi's playing in Inter Milan and nothing else is on at this time anyway. Mm. (laughs) Flick it on. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you capture that. But
1: then it will be competing with the basketballs and the NFLs though, I feel like
0: is what's the timing of the season is
1: it i think it, it runs at the i mean the same time because basketball is same, like all year round it, it runs because it's northern hemisphere like the english league it runs at the same time yeah sure. yeah true true
2: let me have a look because i think the mls but is, then uh, but then like
1: the nfl runs throughout winter as well or runs from like late summer through autumn and then into winter yeah and then the nba uh just finished and will start again when like, NBA, yeah. um,
2: November, I think.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's competing with all those time slots, mm. and, and 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 the, the only thing that that might save the MLS is that games are played ear- earlier in the day sometimes because the NFL, like, or but then it's hard. It's it, games are played earlier in the day than the NBA, but then NFL games on on Sundays are played throughout Sunday. Mm. So you it, could, yeah. like, and then like you've got college football and college yeah. basketball on during the day on Saturday. So like it's it's yeah.
2: They're only yeah. about halfway through their season. It goes all the way up to September. Ah, MLS. Like they're seventeen games in. Well, there's a gap there's... in the market right now yeah. during,
1: during the off season, I guess. They've but...
2: got fifth. So how they work? I didn't even know this that they've got an East and Western Conference in yeah. the MLS. like
1: they do in other. American and it's
2: sports. fourteen teams and fifteen teams, so you've got thirty teams playing each other.
1: And Inter Miami are last in the conference in the Eastern Conference. True. <laughs> I love that there's conference
2: element, element in soccer.
1: I don't know if I feel how I feel about it. It's so Americanized.
2: You it's know. so Americanized. Well, oh, that's what
0: Todd Bowley wants to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> The North
2: and South Conference. Yeah, yeah,
1: that. so stupid. Um, but yeah, do you have any other thoughts on Messi before I move on?
2: Also, how weird is this? So like the teams we know in the MLS, Intimate Miami last in the East, New York City 13th out of 15 in the East. Yeah. Toronto 12th, which I think have had like some success in the league.
1: What, Toronto FC? Yep. Yeah.
2: And New York Red Bull is 11th. So all these teams yeah, but are where's in the, the
1: Where's line. the bloody LA Galaxy? That's the first MLS team I ever heard of.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I think. I think, I think this LA means...
1: Galaxy's
2: 13th in the West. Oh, really? Oh, true. How wild is that? So the top teams here, top two teams in the East, Cincinnati and Nashville. And what the about two.
1: Seattle, what about Seattle Sounders, is that what they're called? Uh, is it the big, like, colleges that are, like... Like, where that's situated,
0: where
2: the bigger teams are? Cincinnati, Nashville, top two. And then in the West, Cincinnati's it's... got big sports, yeah. but, like, Nashville, not really. Yeah.
1: Western, it's St. Louis is first. St. Louis is a very small market. Seattle is second. Seattle also. Seattle's... No, Seattle's... Seattle has got an NFL team. There's so many teams. But... And Portland as a state. And Oregon as a state has an NBA team and an NFL team. It's
2: right? actually also hard, like... For a league to start up, it's different when it's you know ten teams and you can really concentrate that talent. Well, not concentrate, but you can diver- dis- disperse that talent. But when you've got what is it? It's thirty like teams. Thirty teams. Yeah, it's it's weird, like weird that America has this. Oh, an issue. It's, it's weird that
1: America has this obsession with having thirty teams in all their major leagues.
2: Because there's so many people who want to get involved. Because like the there's difference.
1: thirty teams in the there's thirty teams in the NFL, thirty teams in the NBA, or thirty two teams in the NBA, um, thirty teams in the MLS. I'm not sure how many teams there are in baseball, but it's probably similar. Yeah. Well, again, like like you were saying before, in like in terms of getting like eighty thousand
0: people a game, like it's a big it's a big market. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: yeah four hundred million people. Yeah yeah, 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 true. Well, yes. Um, I, in, I, truth be told, as much as I'm like not a massive fan of it, I probably will tune into at least one into Miami game to see how see how much better Messi is. Fuck around and find out because he what? because on if if he doesn't take the if he doesn't just take the piss, like he legitimately will be better than everyone in that league at thirty five because like, he's he could have gone back to Barcelona and been good. Like he was good for PSG last season. Same, which is another reason why I was annoyed about Benzema going to, uh, sure. Al Itar or whatever his name, or yeah. whatever the team name was, because he just won the Ballon d'Or. itiad it like, is it? No, yeah, Al Itiad Yeah, he's like Messi and Messi is probably might or probably might win the Ballon d'Or this year if um Holland does win it. Benzema won the Ballon d'Or last year, and then they're both. Gone to leagues that are below the level. That's, that's the saddest player.
2: part for me. Where you go, and this is a conversation I was having. You work with Josh. This idea of totally get these players getting paid, totally get it, setting themselves up for earning more money in two years than they might have done in their whole bloody careers. And this is the problem with Mbappe at PSG, which we've talked about multiple times in the pod. It goes to get to that level, you need such a drive and hunger to succeed, to yeah. win, that. I'm surprised that from a mentality point of view, these players are leaving the opportunities for further greatness. Mm. And that's something I can't get into the mindset of because I'm not obviously at that level surprised. Yeah. I did win Best on Ground, our Futsal Grand Final. <laughs> Huge. Huge plug. But I'm, 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 I'm shocked more about Benzema than I am anyone else.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, but, no, I'm but, not but shocked about Benzema at all. That guy loves money.
0: But I still, I still think it's just, it's, it's, it's just a trade off, and it's probably that fine point where there's still big earning potential because they have still got, some, like, some stuff left in their legs, um, and also, like, yeah, cashing in while they can, sort of thing. Yeah, like
1: so. Benzema has always been money, 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 money. Loves flashing his cars around. Loves like you know, you know, going to Dubai and how they, many Bugattis they also can you like buy? The Middle East as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah and especially Benzema. Yeah, especially Benzema ben ben as a Muslim, like, loves the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, fair enough. anyway that's enough about the American League and the Americans for one so the the people from the United States not all I love some of the Americans like you know Canadians and South Americans Um, but next on the agenda back to Europe and back to England uh, David Rea is reportedly uh, about to sign for Spurs for 40 million pounds yeah, I mean, after Ange Postecoglou last week, and now they're making this signing this week. You just hate to see Spurs making good footballing decisions, um, mm. because this is a really good footballing decision. People saying 40 million is too much. It's like Chelsea spent 70 million on Kepa. Shut up, David Raya is a better keeper than him. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, he's obviously got huge potential, and yeah, I just think I think United have missed out on an opportunity there. Absolutely. Like they're very in a very similar situation to Tottenham in in the sense that Larissa and, and De Gea are sort of going out of. Like out of you form, can say washed if you want to Yeah, <laughs> I'll say out of fashion um, and form. Um, but yeah, they've missed a big opportunity because I feel like if you can get him, for, like you could have outbid Tottenham probably
1: easily by a little bit it's peanuts for them.
0: Um, and yes, yeah, set yourself up for for the future. Yeah, it's 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 a good signing.
2: What's wrong with De Gea? I don't get it. He was He's number ter- one in clean sheets this year. Yeah, but. Uh, no, but yeah,
0: it makes dumb mistakes. There's been a lot of high-profile like mistakes, and I think the biggest one is if if Ten Hag wants to play this like that style of football where you're playing out from the back, it's yeah. just they're gonna get like worse and worse. He's, he, 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 he he's not
1: good with his feet; hasn't been for many years, and he's also like the clean. Sh- this is the biggest like myth around like goalkeepers that I think is starting to get more and more found out clean sheets does not mean good goalkeeper. Like that is not the equation. A clean sheet. And I don't know why the golden glove is like measured on this, but clean sheets is a, is a defense on the whole statistic. Like if you look at like Newcastle, best defense in the league this season, Nick Pope's their goalkeeper. Is he, would you say he's the top three goalkeeper in the league? No, but it's their defense was the best defense in the league. Uh, Liverpool, not the best defense in the league, but Allison by not by far, but is is statistically the best keeper in the league. Uh, I think we just we, we touched on this two episodes ago. Um, the best stats to look at with goalkeepers is uh, post shot uh, expected goals uh, plus minus. So that means like a, a, after a shot is taken, uh, how it's, how much of a certain goal it's been and then, and then how many times has, has that keeper saved it? Allison saved ten certain goals last season. De De Gea saved minus two.
2: So he let in two goals that he shouldn't have let in. Yeah,
1: and didn't save any certain goals. <laughs>
2: Man, I could do that.
1: I reckon it's more as well. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what the stats tell you. So you like, De Gea, De, Gea, De, Gea basically, De Gea's shot stopping is 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 not what it used to be. It's it's just basically slightly above average. Uh, he's he's never been amazing at like in his area at claiming crosses and stuff. Um, and then he's. Since Ten Hag's taken over, his uh, ability with his feet, which was never good, has been more and more and more exposed.
2: I actually think David, David De Gea's <laughs> biggest comp is Bert Leno. There are some very in the same sense of... But Burn Leno's a better shot stopper than they're, him. They're shot stoppers. Bern they Le- can pull out good saves, but they can't do much else. And as you said, in modern football, these keepers essentially are the 11th player on the field. But
1: yeah. Bern Leno's post-shot expected goals plus minus was plus nine. Second best after Alisson this year. So Burn Leno saved, saved Fulham from nine certain goals, second best in the league for any goalkeeper. So I think Burn Leno is a far superior goalkeeper than that. With hand.
2: I'm just trying to think now. Is it because something like around Fulham having Bert Leno having more opportunities to save certain goals?
1: It might, but United, like United, you know, because United, but but it's all the more shocking though because United's defense kept 17 clean sheets. The, the most in the league so you think David De Gea wouldn't shouldn't have that many opportunities to you know screw up whereas Bernadette is having his goal peppered whereas David De Gea is still like David De Gea maybe, maybe, maybe he shouldn't be up at like plus 8 or 9 but he should at least be in the positive and he's minus 2 the
2: the idea of minus 2 is pretty funny yeah <laughs> like as a keeper yeah,
1: exactly but,
0: but yeah. yeah it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a great signing
1: yeah, it's an excellent yeah. signing for Tottenham um, I think Ange Postacoglu also likes to play decent like high press and also possession football with the keeper playing out from the back although he had Joe Hart at Celtic for the past two years so maybe maybe he doesn't but yeah who knows anyway moving on uh, we've got next on the agenda is Yuri Tillemans has signed for Aston Villa on a free transfer after his contract expired um, a player that was once linked with Arsenal uh, not too long ago maybe one or two seasons ago I think this is a pretty good move for Villa and for him. Uh, I don't think he's quite at the levels, or at least he wasn't this season, as he was when he was being linked being to Arsenal. I think he's fallen off a little bit. But I also think that might have been to the, due to the situation around him. I think yeah. he's still a good player in there at 25, 26. And I think if any manager can get it out of him, it'll be you know Emery. Yeah, I think it's a great sign
0: for Villa. And potentially, like, like I know that his form's dropped off, but like disappointment at not getting the Arsenal move, the situation at Leicester. Like, do, do you think the Arsenal still should have gone for him. And, and like This window? Yeah. No, we've got bigger fish to fry. Bigger fish to fry. Yeah. I just think, I just think getting him on a free, like yeah. even, like, I don't Everything. think his wages would be huge. True. And like, and looking at the player that he's been for like the seasons running up to last season. True. I think it's, I think it's very, very good business for Aston Villa. It's good. I I'm get, surprised there weren't on, oh, high profile clubs. True. On a free
1: right. is, is is actually, yeah, it's a good point. But I also think we've got a certain allocation of how many midfielders we can sign. And like with how many, how much wages they're going to take up. And I think we're we're set on other players like Rice's and
2: Casado's. I'd rather have him than Rice. Really? For sure. I don't want to pay. And that's only from, I'm not saying that Rice isn't the better player. I think it's obvious and undisputed that he is. I just don't want to pay a hundred million for a holding centre. back. I don't
1: think think we're going to pay a hundred million for him, but I.
2: I think whatever we pay is going to be an overpay. And I think we've got. I don't think that's Arsenal's biggest weakness, and putting Declan Rice there, I don't think changes us as drastically as you could with I that amount of money. Yeah, but it's mm. it, it
1: could potentially become our biggest weakness if certain uh, court cases in the off season. Yeah, is still yeah. fucking lingering? That's it's lingering well and truly. Like that is a very real situation. that's going to go to court.
0: So, I think I think it's about the style of like I, I agree that it's it's a lot of money for Declan Rice. But I'm obviously not sure how much he's going to go for, but I think that style of player is something that the Arsenal need like even even like with party in the team like he gets injured quite a lot um yeah w- w- whether there's a better value option f- for for that holding midfielder for Arsenal I'm not sure but yeah, yeah.
1: I also think that um Rice the bit that Rice is also can, is versatile He can play in the shaka position or the party position whereas Tielemans can play in the shaka position but isn't anywhere near as good a defender as Rice is um So in terms of being a two-way midfielder, I think that Declan Rice is a far more valuable player.
2: And the other, like I'm not going to die on this hill, but I have complete confidence in Edu and Arteta, whoever they sign. Yeah, yeah, Because they have not done a foot wrong with any transfer in the last year or so. So I'm of the opinion that if they think that Rice is worth this much, it is the right decision. Although I will say they did try and sign Mudrik and that hasn't turned out very well.
1: Mm. Yeah, but that also could again like Woodrick's shown flashes. I think that's just the situation. Like no one who's who signed for Chelsea has looked that good. Hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The situation at Chelsea is difficult. Um, next uh, on the uh, agenda is it. Ter- it looks as if uh, Mateo Kovacic has agreed personal terms with City according to Brit Oh really? Yeah. The the, the two teams, the two the two that's clubs sick. haven't haven't agreed a fee yet, but the personal terms have been agreed. Why between. would City do that? I think Gunduan may be leaving.
2: But is that? Is Kovacic like? Is he gonna be? Is he gonna play?
1: Yeah, I can see him playing. If, if Gundogan goes, He's, I yeah. can see. Him. I think. I also think he, Kovacic is is, is underrated. Uh, like, I of think course he is his crush. <laughs> yeah, but I think in a Pep team, in a Pep system, like before Gundogan joined City were people talking this much about how good Gundogan was? They were saying, yeah, he was really good for Dor- like he was great for Dortmund, but like no one was being like, oh, what an amazing player he is. Now people are saying that he's world-class. Like, I think Pep can do a similar thing with Mateo Kovacic, who's around about the same age that Gundogan was when he joined City. How old How old is Mateo Kovacic? I'm pretty sure he's 28, 29. True. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
0: I think, I mean, if if it's a replacement for Gundogan, like it's decent and we've obviously all, all seen flashes of Mateo Kovacic being very, very good and like, like I take your point in, in, in the sense that you know, there's there's probably, it's probably more of a job to shine in that Chelsea midfield of recent times yeah. than it is the Man City midfield. But it's definitely, I don't know. I, I would say at this point in time, f- f- from what I know, that it would be a bit of a downgrade.
1: A little bit, yeah. yeah. But I also think it, like, at this point for City, it's not about like upgrades and downgrades. It's about just another, another cog in the machine. And I think he's good yeah, enough true. to just be another cog in the machine. Yeah, yeah. He scores some worldies. He does well. score some, And I think he's just very tidy. Like he's got great ball control. He 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 has a good passing range. He doesn't really do make a lot of mistakes. Like, mm. and with and with, with the security blanket that is Rodri behind you in that midfield, like, yeah. yeah.
2: Also, if I was any manager or general manager of any EPL team, I would be trying to buy low on every Chelsea player. Yeah. Because mm. their value is never going to be lower than it is right now. Yeah. Although
1: apparently they're asking for eighty million for Mason Mount from Manchester United, which is a bit ludicrous.
2: But. English player World yeah. Cup experience yeah. anyway Champions um, League winner
1: uh, next on uh, that's happened recently I think it happened today is that Kylian Mbappe has apparently written a letter to uh, PSG to decide in that, crayon Yeah, I don't I don't know it's weird because like uh, he's written a letter to to, to tell I am PSG angry with with, you. <laughs> that he doesn't want to exercise his extra option to take his contract to, to 2025 what Fabrizio Romano said was weird about this is that like he didn't need to send a public letter. Like, it, it was just automatic that, like, if he didn't say anything, his contract would just end in 2024 unless he extended it. So the fact that he sent the letter is kind of like a "Hey, screw you guys." Like, I love that shit. That's <laughs> so good. It's just typical like pettiness from him, though. I feel like
0: could be like a courtesy as well, though, right? Be like, "Hey, I'm, you know, just just advance notice that I'm that I'm I'm, I'm going to Real Madrid." <laughs> FYI. So like, so like, you better sell me now. Otherwise I'm yeah. gonna go for free.
1: Because that that's what that's what because if Fabi Romato ended his like update with being like, Okay, like the, the agenda now that this has happened is that they will either get him to extend uh, sign sign a new contract extension or sell him because there is no chance they'll let him leave for free next year. Yeah. Yeah. I know Real Madrid fans are hmm, rubbing their, their hands lips. together, licking their lips. Should should
0: PSG have seen that coming and like I mean, we, we know that Mbappe had all of the bargaining power in in those negotiations last last transfer window, should PSG have potentially been a bit more Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. We said this when it like happened. think I think, I think, I think I'm not sure if you were on the episode where we talked talked about it, but I remember sitting on that couch out there in the lounge room and being like, "This is gonna like end badly because they just they've just like not thought it through, throwing all this cash and all this responsibility on yeah. and all this power on Mbappe." Yeah. And like a year later, look what's happened. Mm. Yeah. Look at him now. Yeah.
2: So you're twenty four, you're not gonna sign a new deal at PSG, you're preparing for a new experience. What have we got? We've got join Real Madrid and like finalise your dream to play for Real Madrid. This you're seems like the only option, yeah. Join Manchester United under Eric Ten <laughs> Doubt it. Replace sure. Ronaldo's legacy. Uh new experience at Liverpool. No way.
1: No, nah, I can't afford him.
2: Don't trust Chelsea without you Champions League. No. Nah. Join Arsenal, young and exciting can't afford project. Him. Can't afford him. Can't afford him. Uh, become a new face of Bayern no. after Lewandowski left.
1: They also can't afford him. Have you said City yet? No,
2: nah, not happening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Imagine him and Haaland in the same team. Oh yeah. my God. Do you, yeah. So do
2: you yeah. then change your mind and accept PSG and maybe you're doing this as a bluff to just get even more power, which would be ridiculous? Or is it Real Madrid is just now the so obviously best for all parties.
1: So my my theory for this is he goes to Real Madrid and then this ultimately uh, seals Harry Kane's can't get Tottenham forever because uh, Tottenham seems increasingly likely that they're not going to sell to United because A, they don't want to sell them and B, they especially don't want to sell them to a Premier League rival.
2: Why can't he go to PSG? Huh? Replace Mbappe. Go to PSG. But to me, that but was also the most like obvious. they just
1: lost, they just lost Messi. Then they're going to lose Mbappe. They're probably going to lose Neymar. That's a situation you don't want to be in. That's I, I think the, if there was there was two places he was going to go. He was going to be Man United or Tottenham. And if he doesn't go to oh, no, Man United Madrid. or Real Madrid, if he doesn't go to Real Madrid because Mbappe goes, and then uh, he doesn't go to United because Tottenham won't sell him there, then I reckon that's just him. And and there is also a part of him that like if the perfect situation isn't there, he'll just stay at Tottenham. Then
0: he's done it for so long. Hmm. I think yeah I I was just thinking about vacated uh, jersey numbers at at Real Madrid so obviously Hazard left and Vinny Jr. took the 7 yeah and Rodrigo has taken the 11 got the 11 but the nine's still vacant
1: right yeah yeah. surely surely 10 is Modric for one more year and then he's gone
0: (laughs) my man but yeah surely surely it's Madrid
1: yeah, you think unless so. you it, know, unless there's another
0: ridiculous it's, negotiations in like it's, and Eli, it's you know, Kane it or Mbappe to he's Madrid, now like majority owner
1: More like, 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 I think the only thing that is a chance is that like maybe PSG sort something out for a contract. There's, I reckon it's more likely that PSG sort out a contract extension from Mbappe than Spurs do for Kane right now. And, but then, but then if Mbappe joins Real Madrid. Because he just forces the move, then it's more likely that Spurs get a But while Madrid's still on the table, I think Kane doesn't sign anything.
2: Actually, so I before they signed Postacoglu, was certain Kane was leaving to whoever Kane? fill the gap. Yeah. But I don't think this. I don't think Spurs as a club for like since the Champions League lost have had as positive publicity as they have since Postacoglu joined and the way that they're going about it. Public
1: pop. Pub, what? Outside of Australia, the pub, the publicity hasn't been that pub, that popular. I think it's
2: been pretty damn good,
1: dude. So many people online have been like, "Who's this bloke? First sacking, first sacking of the season. Who's he? who is he? Celtic manager? He's a nobody." Like it's been.
2: I think he is. I think exactly we've just we've just mean.
1: copped a lot of Australian saturated media, which is like this is a massive and a really good signing for Tottenham, which it is. But a lot of a lot of the European and especially the English football community has no idea who he is, and they have just said he's another Celtic manager, and like it's a massive step from managing Celtic to managing in the
2: I think mm. that might also be what Spurs need rather than signing a it is. Signing No, a I
1: agree but I just think the media perception of it hasn't been great mm. uh, I also think, I also think that Kane might leave because he, he won't be able to pronounce Poster Cogli. Poster
0: How many years has Kane have left in his contract? One. One Right That's So also, surely yeah. Tottenham like as much as they like you know don't want to sell him to a Premier League rival like if, if the Real Madrid option is gone like surely you don't want to let him go for free. That's like
1: it's true. Same thing. It's like the same situation as Mbappe. It's like yeah. one year left. Yeah. 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 Anyway, last thing I'll touch on with transfer news before we start taking a trip down memory lane uh, is that Reece, for Arsenal, Reese Nelson has has is here. We go. He's going to sign a new contract, and it, and Saliba is getting very close to signing a new contract. So that's good. You know, wrap up wrap up all the kids. Uh, the future is now. And Saka's already signed a new Sacha's deal. Saka's already right? signed. So yeah. has Ramsdale. So has Marce So And Erdegaard so, is potentially in the works as well.
2: As if they would have... But it, Erdegaard yeah. still has two
1: years left on his deal, so it's not as much of a rush. Mm.
2: Yeah. As expected. I wasn't expecting any of those to go. Like, Reese Nelson, I don't really care. Saliba mm. was
1: potentially a bit up in the air, but I think, yeah. Now yeah, it looks like he's going to be fine. Anyway. Um, Dedicated to the project.
0: Yeah.
2: Trust the presence. Was Trust was the
0: there was This wasn't... Um, necessarily transfer news probably should have brought it up when we're talking about Saudi Arabia but Steven Gerrard oh yes yeah, to,
1: to the Saudi league has become the new manager of a Saudi side that I can't remember the name of hmm. but um, yeah I mean he'll probably do fine in the Saudi league but it's, I don't know yeah but like it's, it seems like a bit of a money move for him
0: we're talking about going off and like earning his stripes like Steven Gerrard and Lampard need to go off and do a bit of like um not dirty work but like the hard yard sort of thing yeah um,
1: kind of like how Shabby did it the Qatari team yeah
0: and like you know that's that's probably a good place
1: to do it they get the most out of the players there's probably a bit of money Do they
2: sack Lampard no
1: he just the contract was only till June yeah and he's, he's not coming back yeah and they've got yeah. Pochettino coming in oh
2: of course they've got Pochettino yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. alright well 51 minutes in it's time to time to now take a trip <laughs> down memory lane Uh so Got a couple of notable moments. Uh, so yes, as it is, as you heard at the start, uh, I know it's been a, a little bit of time since we mentioned it. This is the hundredth episode. Quite a bit has transpired uh, since we first started recording me and Wilbur um, until now. Uh, so I'm just going to run a few little, you know, facts by uh, our loyal listeners. So the first episode aired on SoundCloud in March 2021 under the first uh, the first episode. I think. It was called On His Touch, but before we even started recording, uh, when we first recorded it, before we posted the, um, I think we had two or three goes at at recording the podcast. The first time, the first recording we did before we got the final cut for the first episode was actually called um, Football Football Fridays Fridays with Wilby and Woodson. (laughs) Um, Then we changed it to On His Touch, and that's what it was for the first four episodes. That's what it was for the first four episodes. And uh, Rezik's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rezik's first feature was in episode three, back when it was still called On His Touch, which was uh, talking all things European Super League in the study. That was um, a good episode. That was a good episode. Uh, and then uh, we changed the name to the 40-yard switch, which is what it's known as ever since and in what is known as today in episode five. Uh, then Rezik featured again. In episode ten, for the Euro predictions episode, uh, that, was a good one outside. that was yeah the first and only podcast to be recorded outside. Um, we didn't say this at the time because you know everyone was up and about about COVID rules. But that we we said if you listen to that episode back, you'll hear me at the start saying we're recording in a park as you know to do distancing things. That was a lie. We were recording in our backyard, but I was just trying to you know mum's the word as Wilbur said yeah. uh, about having ground to our house. But yes, uh, it was in our backyard uh resident will on the darts and the beers and it was one of the most one of the more fun episodes we've
2: had and i think we got every prediction like really wrong yeah. <laughs> every one of our predictions around like dark horse and stuff were like terrible
1: yeah. i don't remember what they were but yeah i um, think we
2: all said uh, you and i said like turkey and they like dropped out of yeah, the group yeah. stage
0: <laughs> turkey were terrible i
2: remember you you were talking about Isak. that wasn't a bad yeah he was no, i Isak mean was... he didn't have a
0: great tournament did he
1: no he was all right but he's a good player yeah yeah, but... yeah
2: I, i'm always right with my, <laughs> my predictions <laughs>
1: Um, and yeah finally uh, last little bit of uh, information is that um, seven guests have appeared on this show over the years like I mentioned before Resic eight times until now this is his ninth Josh Ring three appearances Vincent Hu three appearances Yannick Hansen three appearances Menas Antichu two appearances Declan Riley two appearances and Angela Kristen Wilkes with one appearance so we thank you all to those uh, guest hosts and co-hosts who have come in uh, uh, throughout the last two years,
0: mm. yeah, I've got so I've got some notes on the early episodes. So, um, the first episode, we, uh, we I think we reviewed Manchester United beating Man City two nil.
1: Yeah, I think it was called uh, Ollie owns City or something. Yeah, right? yeah Oli owns City.
0: Kane and Abel. Yeah, um, yeah. So Dan James was was on the um, was on the sheet for United that and day. And now he's been
1: relegated with yeah.
0: Leeds. <laughs> um, there was talk of VAR. Um, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um. I think. I think we've um spoken about VAR. I reckon. A lot I wonder. I wonder since.
1: what we've talked about more. Um, United or VAR? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, in, the, in like, the two years, so
0: much talk of the fact that United need uh, defensive midfielders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually fucked. Um. In episode two, reviewed West Brom beating Chelsea five two. Oh, that
1: was. I remember that yeah, game. Yeah.
0: That was huge. Um. It's the first goal that, um, Tuchel had conceded at Stamford Bridge and then they w- went on to uh, obviously win the Champions League yep Chris Wilder was sacked for Brighton no um, Sheffield.
1: For Sheffield oh, oh Chris yeah. Wilder sorry yeah, not yeah, stuff. Wilder. I was thinking of Stephen H- Steve Horton yeah Chris, uh, Chris Houghton yeah
0: Um, and then we previewed the United Spurs game which uh, United went on to win 3-1 and then five days afterwards Mourinho got sacked
1: ah mm. Oh yeah, because then the next episode was the or the third episode with Resic was the fall of the chosen one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The fall
0: of the chosen one, the Euro- then the European Super League.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, the European Super League. God, well that, oh, that feels like such a such a world, wild, like a whole world away. I remember, I remember you having quite a few good opinions about that Resic.
2: Remind me what we're talking about?
1: The European Super League. Yeah, I'm three. still
2: for it, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Not enough money in soccer yeah. these days talking about how money is ruining football yeah. <laughs> the EPL's dead mate five years it's all going to be at the
0: MLS <laughs> anyway, I've, we won't go on. I've got yeah one more highlights from one more episode so episode 7 was our first um, end of season awards um, I had Mount in the team oh yeah um, he's nice. worth 80 million uh, Leicester won the FA Cup Aguero has going to Barcelona um, and I called so I want to discuss this I called Foden the best English player technically since Wayne Rooney
1: Do you still think that?
0: I think probably Harry Kane is is is, is a shout, but yeah,
1: I'd say best player since Wayne Rooney is Harry Kane. But technically, like dribbling, yeah, I and first touch, I would say that Phil Foden's better than him. Mm. Yeah, so it was a good take. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad take. Nah, I can't think of many people, many English players better with better touch and can ball control. And
2: isn't that the most crazy thing about City going back to them for a second? That you're saying that this. Foden's, like, the best English player since Rooney. Yeah. And, like, he's just another City player. But yeah.
1: but to their credit, he's an academy product, so... Mm.
2: And
0: if he had scored that goal in the Champions League... We would have been talking about it, it yeah. That, sure. would, that would have been huge. So that, was a, that was a big moment.
1: Yeah. Um, some notable moments that, that happened in football, uh, in the what I'm calling the 40-yard switch era, <laughs> were um, obviously, first and foremost was the European Super League. Happened shortly after the inception of the podcast. Then we talk, then shortly after that we talked about uh, the men's Euros 2021. What a time that was! sadly it didn't quite come home. Uh, then uh, in the off season after the after the Euros, Messi leaves Barca, and the bombshell that that was in the start of the off season. Then uh, at the end of the off season, even, actually even after the just shortly after the start of the 2021-22 20, season, Ronaldo joins Man United on what has to be said was the wildest transfer deadline day in. Recent memory, I just remember like staying up all night and then watching like at like three a.m. the things start to flood in as it's like holy shit he's gonna join City oh my God no he's not he's gonna join mm. um uh United and yeah it was just incredible what like, you... the hype around that was made. It was amazing
0: I think like a, a few things have happened like uh, si- since then as well in terms of like Ronaldo's legacy how how different do you think it would have been if he'd gone to to Man City on that deadline day because it was close, right? Yeah, it was close. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think would they it? might have actually won the Champions League final that year. Yeah, because
0: mm. yeah, the first season at United he was quite like impactful. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think also he would have been asked to do less in that City team. Yeah, exactly. Like he would just, have looked so much better. Yeah, he yeah, would look exactly. so much better. Like he wouldn't. Like, he would have been asked to press, but like they would have had a, like an, enough of a cohesion team around him and enough just, like, stability around him that he would, perhaps would just would have been like, you get in the right spot at the right time, the ball will come to you, you need to score. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think it would have been a very different... I don't, I don't think he would have... I think he he's, he's would have still dropped off a little bit, because I think it's, it's not just you know, the United that, like, dropped him off. I think he just sort of dropped off because he got old. But mm. I do think that season, and maybe even the season after that, he would have been
0: Yeah, it, it would have been a gentle, you know, way out, like, where he'd probably win another Premier League, he might have won the Champions
2: League, and then yeah Yeah. anyway would have been crazy. amazing from a legacy it would have been yeah. interesting
1: for the goat debate as well yeah exactly yeah. exactly
2: I will add although not a podcast moment my most memorable soccer moment since the start of this pod and even in recent memory is the Euro 21 grand final is sitting in... on your couch with like you were there yeah yeah with I think Lily White and Marcus Mil. or Mill oh, Mil was there. Mill was there, yeah. And me and it was just hilarious. What I think
0: I think were. Jem had woken up by the yeah, time. Yeah, Jem was shoot, up. Was and she I walked was... in and
2: just saw you guys with your head in your hands. <laughs> I was distraught, oh, bro. I was And man. then there's me in the background going, Forza Italia <laughs> Did
1: we lose that on penalties? We did, didn't yeah, we? Yeah.
2: yeah, it was so Sack bad. And then Saka lost and then all the racial abuse that followed. It was just yeah. like the worst of everything happening. Dark side
1: dark side of England shown there yeah um but I yes remember
2: going to work
0: after like, yeah. In, yeah that was this it yeah, yeah afterwards it was a very sad yeah day. i fell asleep
1: on the couch after waking up that <laughs> early. thankfully i didn't have to work that day um i was hungover too yeah but uh yes moving on <laughs> uh from to, for, to another pretty dark situation but it kind of like you know um blew up in the football world which is the mason greenwood situation uh never a nice thing to talk about um then after that was another bad situation but it kind of had an interesting interesting levels of fallout in the football world with the russia fallout from the war oh, yeah. uh, how that affected chelsea and how it affected uh russian teams in the champions league and etc etc uh then we've got the women's euros and england winning coming home very good time for me and Wilbur. That was that was so good. Yeah, that episode with Angela was good too. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah it was really good. Uh, good to have a, a a person more versed in women's football than us on the podcast. Although I do think I'm gonna be I'm gonna do a fair bit of research in now between in the off season between now and the women's World Cup, and I'm, I reckon I'm gonna be pretty well versed for our little preview episodes in a few weeks because mm. I'm I'm gonna be potentially you know watch this space doing some uh, some writing about some of these teams and stuff.
2: True. I'm gonna throw out another hot take, <clears throat> and if you're gonna do all this research for it, yeah. I think you could get a Matilda on the pot.
1: I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> if you um, reach out
2: to all of them, I would be surprised.
1: Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Will
2: you commit to reaching out to every single Matilda? <laughs> Not
1: every single one. I'd, re- I'd reach out to people that might be able to reach out to them, but it's very doubtful. Um, anyway. also,
0: also, we've got the send-off game against France in uh, on the 14th of July.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, so,
0: what, what do you mean by send off? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the last game before the
1: before the Matilda's last friendly they'll play before the oh, World, right, World yeah, Cup. Right. Uh, and then, uh, not really a huge moment footballing wise, but just a big moment for the podcast was uh, our first live watch along Man United versus Leicester. Me and Wilbur I just really enjoy that format of recording mm. a podcast while there's a game going on live. We use it a bit in the in the men's World Cup. Um, so yeah, enjoyed that. Want to do it more. Yeah. Um, may have a chance to do it more during the Women's World Cup when the games are on at good times mm. uh, then we've got Haaland to City that kind of uh, and also around about the same time the Mbappe contract which kind of like was big news uh, then the Men's World Cup uh, obviously ending in Argentina uh, and Messi solidifying the GOAT conversation and then finally uh, the most recent big thing to happen before City winning the treble uh was City's 115 FFP charges that probably won't come home to roost for another few years?
0: Yeah, because because there was a long timeline on those sort of like, those getting confirmed or wait, yeah. did, did they did they appeal them or something?
1: I think so, but also yeah. also like the, that like going through all those different charges and then it going to court and if it does or whatever, like some of them said it's probably going to take like two or three years. Yeah,
2: yeah. Innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> Um Doesn't and good
1: the funniest moment um of the podcast Rezic, we've 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 found it um is
2: what the fuck is this episode
1: 53 <laughs> at exactly um 18 minutes and uh 30 seconds you almost heard a sneak peek of it there so we'll turn it up see it, and you may be you may be able to hear it in the background but this is just for Rezik's listening pleasure um it's 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 really not that funny it's kind of one of those had to be there moments but just what's funny is how much me and Wilbur will lose it um after my little vocal faux pas yeah it's just I mean yeah and I we've spoken t- about that. They, they underachieved yeah and They're to top it off one last tidbit of uh tidbit sorry <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was a classic
1: and yeah so (laughs) banger as you can hear we just lost the plot and I'm not going to keep playing it but like it it continued like that for about a minute um, before we eventually composed ourselves about let's hear I skipped ahead thirty seconds. Then that's how much we were still going. T-O oh, to one little tidbit. Yes. Compose ourselves shortly after that. But yeah, um, that's without a doubt is the funniest moment on the podcast. Like we we did. We have not lost the pot like that in hundred episodes. Like we did that day. Yeah. And all it took was a titty. <laughs> a little titty bit.
2: Just a little titty bit. So
1: did you like that one, Resident?
2: Yeah, I got really worried that it was like a moment you were bringing up of me. Yeah, and I, I, like I, sh- nah, I thought you nah. thought that.
1: I, don't think <laughs> I, I, I feel like you're, you're, you're very good to have on the podcast, but it's never like overly like lose yourself funny. Mm, yeah. Like you're funny, but you're not that funny. <laughs> Gee, yeah, I'm not funny. <laughs> <laughs> got a comedian over there, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that funny, clearly. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, now coming, we come, so that's been a little trip down memory lane for those listening. Um, uh, You know, there's, let's, we'll go. Through, we're not going to pick a favorite episode because it's probably a little bit hard to. But notable episodes that, that include some of the bits that we've talked about over the years. Um, I think starting like we were said, episodes one to three on uh, one to four are on his touch. Uh, then episode, like we mentioned before, episode ten with uh, Resic second thing, but the European Championship predictions that was good. Um, the I'm scrolling through here. Uh, the, the messy situation where he leaves that was big um uh, which is episode 19 that's a good episode uh then we've got uh oh, scrolling through now it's, oh, it's a bit hard to find things but then we've got um the mason greenwood ep- 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 situation isn't a great episode because it's quite serious but uh that's episode 37. Uh, then the episode after that was the Zumba situation, hmm. which I forgot about, which is also not nice to talk about. But um, and then episode fifty was really good, uh, talking about uh, Harland City team of the season, blah 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 blah, end of season awards with De- with Declan's first episode. That was a good episode. I yeah, remember that. that. Was good um, on the couch to relax, feel. Yeah, um, I mean, anyone, any of the episodes, including uh, with ResiCon, have been good, uh, we must say. Thanks, Jasper. No worries. Um, eight episodes on episode, up for the other Nine time. episodes now. Um,
0: yeah, the, yeah, the the Bumper World Cup episode. Yeah, um, that, was, that, uh, that was good. For, yeah, an hour and a half. When was
1: that? I think that was episode 73, if it was. Yeah, the Ronaldo interview and the complete world cup. That was so funny. You
2: should have mentioned the Ronaldo interview in like your, (laughs) your hot takes of what's happened in soccer since you started. Yeah. That was 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 funny. Massive. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) He's an idiot. I mean, and and talk about his legacy as well. Yeah.
2: It was just so good. And it was such an opinion, like everyone had a view on it and it just ruined his reputation. Yeah. in one video. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah. It is that was I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, so the, the episode 73 is the Ronaldo it's 100 it's an hour and t- 30 minutes. It's and it's um the, I'll just read you the episode description to give you an idea for those listening. Was I on listening, listening at home? Yes, you were. Yeah. Max Resick returns to the show this week to join us to join us as we uh go over every World Cup team and all the World Cup groups in detail before giving our predictions on for all the major awards and more. To start the episode we also talk about the explosive interview <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo gave to Piers Morgan what the fallout might be.
2: The fallout was bad. The fallout was bad. <laughs> not great. Not great. That's a huge moment. That's like that's up there with Yeah.
1: And uh, that, that, that's, that's that's like more a for the culture moment than like a footballing moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. for
2: the culture. Absolutely. Yeah. had not yeah. had something like that happen in football for
1: ever. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. All right. So with all that said and done, 100 episodes in the books, all the all the, all the best moments uh, picked. I mean, there's probably a niche moments from certain episodes that aren't quite as important like i like where we, we've just like had a really good vibe i remember me and you had a couple of really good ones on the couch yeah. when you filled in about four four weeks ago that was a really good vibe as well um but you know that's just the beauty of podcasting you know you're yeah. hidden gems but now that we've been through all the major stuff and we've uh taken a trip down memory lane the final thing we'll do before we close out on what has been another good season and what has been 100 episodes in the books is we're gonna is. We're gonna do one way too early hot take for the 2023-2024 season. Um, I, I sort of threw this on Rezik and Wilbur about an hour before we chose to record it. And the whole premise of it is we don't usually do hot takes. That's been our kind of shtick from the start. But I've asked them both, just give me, just give me something, just give me a hot take for the season. It's way too early. The the, the season doesn't start till August, and we've still got plenty of football with the Women's World Cup. But for the 2023. 2024 uh, season, both club and Champions League. Give me or U- European leagues, Europa and stuff like that. Give me, give me your hot take. Who's going first? <laughs> you got one?
2: I can go. Yeah, I've got. I've got two. One. Arsenal struggle to make top four.
1: That is hot.
2: That's my hot take. Actually,
1: no, that's not that hot. People have said that, but yeah, it's hot. As an for me, for, fan, that, that, makes that makes me true. hot Dude, yeah. yeah that makes me <laughs> hot too
2: that's why it's hot for me I'm angry <laughs> I'm also angry but I think Arsenal will struggle to main top four I think all the other clubs will take a step up and I'm worried Arsenal won't mm. be able to maintain it mm-hmm. and my other I guess it's not even a bloody hot take going on to, from our first segment but I see Man City winning the treble again
1: mm. yeah because I, I, of how hard it is to win the treble hard, I think that yeah. is a hot take yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. do you want me to go or oh, have you got something ready now you go, <laughs> you go. Um, so my hot take is Brighton are going to win the Europa League I was ju- I was just thinking that <laughs> um, and if I had to be pressed for another one so in case we wanted to use that one no, no, is no. I think um, Newcastle will uh, like make will finish in the top three because a lot of people say they're going to drop back out of the top four next season I think they'll finish in the top three it'll be them Liverpool and City up top again yeah
0: all right. <laughs> I th- I reckon Fulham are going to have a, like a big uh, se- second season drop off slump yeah. And to make it a hot take I'll say they'll get I'll get, I'll say they'll get relegated. Yeah. Um I don't fully believe in that but um, oh I uh, just
1: thought of another good take. I think Luton Town are going to finish top 10. Top 10. Yeah. That's Lutentown. a stupid
0: take. <laughs> yeah. That's not, not even this hot. This Watch, Watch, this this <laughs> Watch this space? Watch yeah. this space?
1: Luton Town top 10.
0: Um the other one
2: I don't know why I'm making two, but I'm making two. I made two. Jasper made two.
1: Yeah, I'm not carrying the Newcastle one. I'm going to say Luton and Luton finishing top 10 and Brighton winning the Europa League are my two hot takes. So you said Fulham are going to get relegated.
2: Fulham
0: relegated. Just pick me um, out of thin air. It doesn't,
1: don't think about it too hard.
0: Aston Villa for the Champions League. There you go to make
1: the to make top four. Yeah, or to win or wait no. That, they,
0: I was going to say win the Conference League, but it's not that hot a take. So I'll go Aston. Unai Emery
1: too. though, as a, as a, as a tournament manager, is pretty good. Mm. But yeah, no, that that is possible. Anything is possible. Like mm. I also I also think this isn't really a hot take. I think it's just the natural progression of the Premier League. I think the idea of the Big Six will truly be dissolved next season. I think it'll be good like tag. a top eight. Or mm-hmm. even bigger than that I think Brighton are here to, I think I think Brighton are here to stay I think Villa are going to push I think Tottenham will be better But won't be top four So that's three And then there'll be the, the, the five Of um, United Arsenal City Newcastle Liverpool. Um, Liverpool Oh and then Chelsea as well Yeah Like th- yes, yeah, so I think sorry. it's going to turn into a top eight Not a top six
0: I reckon One one more for me I reckon Brighton will drop off Oh really? I reckon Brighton will drop so off So you
1: don't think they're going to win the
0: Europa League? <laughs> no no. <laughs> I I just think they can drop off and still do
2: really well in the Europa League.
0: True, I I reckon yeah they they definitely won't make um um like European football next year, and I reckon I'll say bottom
1: half. Ooh, bottom half. Interesting. I I like that me and you have got very different opinions of Brighton though, because we'll see we'll see. We
0: we saw. I mean, you know, Leicester were up there, West Ham were up there.
1: But I also think Brighton's, just, Brighton's scouting network is way better than both of those teams. That's the only thing I had like confidence But
0: so, it's, it's hard because I feel like you go point in time and you look at a club and you can say it's really well run. But, you know... No, I'm not just talking about how well the club... I just, I just think their scouting network in general. So yeah. I think
1: I back that more than...
0: Yeah, I just... And I, I think that like the main reason why is that you know, you've know seen West Ham, Leicester get that extra you know U- European football and then the things start falling apart a little bit. Yeah, true. I think that's probably why it might happen.
1: Well, there you go. There's a couple of hot takes for you, for those listening at home to you know, sink their teeth into. I'll probably post them on the Instagram uh, later. Um, also, potentially, it's, it's a little bit in the works. I'm not sure if it'll be ready for the 100th episode, but there is a new logo coming. There is a Huge new logo coming. I, I'm I'm i enlisting a bit more Photoshop help because it's not quite where I want it where I want it to be. The thing that I showed you both of you the other day, I'm gonna it's gonna be changed. Move your head, Wilbur. Um, but uh, I wanted a new photo. Uh, and a new logo. A new logo is coming. Um, so keep on the lookout for that. It'll be in the next week or two.
2: And as a um, diehard fan of the 40 yard switch, <laughs> I have to request one that you reach out to every Matildas player, and yeah. I want evidence on Instagram. I think that's good content. And secondly more live videos do a video pod
1: oh, like on YouTube type thing yeah yeah we'll give it a go. for one of the watch-alongs it could be good yeah
0: we'll do it do it, it with the I'm not the sure camera. About the Matildas you can yeah. do that <laughs> I'll
1: have to really pull some bloody strings to get that going but um anyway you never say never I suppose um but yeah one one thing I will say is that would have been a lot easier if I had got started um, writing for the Inner Sanctum earlier because uh, I could have got an accreditation for because like the Inner Sanctum does Inner Sanctum is run out of South Australia but they have people across the country but they don't have anyone in Victoria that has Women's World Cup accreditation so I could have been the one person they have to True. go in like get to do press co- to do in press conferences and stuff yeah missed opportunity but
2: who knows mate you might be writing for the Age soon enough
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with that we'll Thanks. say goodbye <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> Uh, if you liked what you've heard uh, give us a follow and a 5 star rating on Spotify as always follow us on the, the Instagram the 40 yard God. switch oh no 40 yard switch pod uh, thank you all for joining us for the 100 episodes over the past two years we you don't know how much we appreciate every single person that's listened that's tuned in that's told us hey great stuff on the podcast in person that's commented on the Instagram followed on the Instagram liked on the Instagram uh, it really we really appreciate all the love um, thank you again to Rezik nine times uh, going in after that last comment and maybe your last. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. 100, 100 episodes in the book. Bye bye.